Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome in, Hornets fans. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. That's you. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my favorite co-host of all time, David Walker. That's, oh, what am I? The only, I'm the second or the third, right? Maybe I've, the first? Listen, there, I've lost count. I, I decided to stop counting. Once you <laughs> uh, came okay. along, it was over. <laughs> Good to be here, Doug, as always. Yeah, we're, we are now part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Starting in October, we'll be delivering the best Hornets news and analysis every weekday morning. Check out the latest from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Host Josh Lloyd runs through the players he likes out of the Eastern Conference, so get ready for your fantasy basketball league. I noticed one of our fans, uh, one of the listeners out there, they requested that I start the Hive Talk Live Fantasy Basketball League that I reactivated. Start it back? Should I? Did I mean, ever, I, feel, we, I felt like I blew the competition out so much. <laughs> oh, did we declare a winner? You won, I guess. Well, well I mean, yeah, the, the system declared a winner. I didn't know we all had to get together and vote on it. I felt like I had the most <laughs> points at the end uh, of the year. Typically, that's how it's based. True, that's true. <laughs> anyway, go listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I will consider it. You listener out there, you know who you are, who who is poking and prodding me right now to start the league back. I will consider it, I promise. All right, we're, we, we are returning to live progr- programming starting Tuesdays and Thursdays this fall on YouTube and Facebook. So follow us on YouTube, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Hive Talk Live for updates about when we return to live programming. I tell you, David, I have been working... Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's felt like I've been working round the clock to get the studio ready for for our live debut. And let me tell you, I'm in it right now, and it's beautiful. It looks really good. Feels good. Feels it feels like home. it feels like home. We've got the webcams up. I've got the lights up. Uh, new table, new screen, oh, new board. Uh, we're 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 ready to go. So, I can't so wait to get there to with that. you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to have you in the studio. So, if you have a, I'll, I'll post some pictures. We've we've updated a, a few more since I took that last picture. So, if you have a question, a comment, or you're interested in sponsoring our show, make sure you email us buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. That email. Okay, uh, our main topic has to do with Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky talked with Observer reporter Rick Bennell and was candid about the areas that the now. Uh, second year power forward needs to improve in mainly defense and consistency in the article frank said quote i've got to be a better overall defender i was overwhelmed at times david we'll start here i've got a couple more quotes to read but we'll start here how much of an issue did you think frank kaminsky's defense was late last season i wasn't really looking for him to be a defensive stopper i don't know that anyone was um i thought it was Okay, I mean, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was a 
a, a huge issue. I mean, they weren't putting him in there to play defense, right? Um, so I think for a rookie, um, consistency was a more important thing to me. But I think as far as the defense goes, I mean, it wasn't great. I didn't think it was deplorable. I mean, did you think it was a huge gaping hole in that defensive game plan? In the playoffs, I think it was. I, so when I look yeah. back at the season and I look back at the overall s- statistics, he was a point four in defensive box plus minus. So he was just a little bit, a teensy bit better than average. But when you look at box plus minus for big guys, especially, you want that above one. Like above one right. is really average. It's a, for big guys, you want them to be in the in the two to three because your defense normally is anchored by your your bigs and so you want that box plus minus but it wasn't it wasn't terrible um he certainly wasn't like enos Enos Cantor is like negative three i mean he certainly wasn't right i mean and what's your expectation of frank i mean do you well that's a good no that's a good point i think i think you have to expect rookies unless they have like a justice winslow if they have a reputation for for yeah yeah I'm, hornets fans have as well if if he has a reputation for being a defensive stopper then you want him to display that but frank did not have that reputation coming in uh, one more stat for you david he was 61st among all centers in defensive real plus minus at negative 0.23 that's right in line with his fellow counterpart rookie of the year carl anthony towns so again, all that to say, I, I don't. Rookies are normally bad at defense, uh, right. and and I think that Frank Kaminsky throughout the season was was normally, you know, at a normal rookie defensive level, but he wasn't able to make impact plays on defense like Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Like if you look at Kristaps' no. stats, they were certainly better than Frank's defensively, uh, but they weren't. They were not stellar overall. And but he had those those huge blocks and Carl Anthony Towns same thing had those major plays on defense that made Sports Center and so they develop a little bit of a reputation that may exceed what the the stats actually have to say or what even the eyeball test would say if you watch them over an entire season and he didn't have those offensive plays to make up for that lack of defense as well but I want to talk about so I, I did something David and I, I'm sure. Uh, you're going to question my sanity, but I went back and watched Game Two of the Hornets Heat playoff debacle. Those, those first two games were a disaster for the Hornets, but I went back and watched it because I wanted to see. Uh, that was one of the games that Luol Ding uh, really made an impact, and he made that impact from mm-hmm. the power for, forward position, and he matched up against Frank several times, and you saw when the offense ramped up against Frank. I mean, they attacked him offensively and he was not athletic enough to keep up with those quicker offensive players and those smaller power forwards like a a Lawal Ding and over pursuit was a constant issue with Frank in that series like he made some decent reads David but if he got behind the play at all it's like it's like when you learn how to drive you know when you learn how to drive you sometimes you overcompensate if you mess up a little bit you get nervous and you 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 turn the wheel a little too far. That's what I kept seeing out of Frank Kaminsky, and I think that's what he talks, or maybe what he's alluding to in this article. Yeah, and I think well, you have to take into you have to take into account a it's the playoffs. B big he's stage still a rookie, even yeah, big stage, and, and C he was starting right in those first couple of games for extended period of time. I can't recall. I don't, I don't think he he may have started a game or two. 
He started three games last year. <laughs> so um, You did recall. You know, yes, I did recall. Um, but I think, yeah, that's a big stage. And, he's, and also he's playing against a vet and Luol Ding who knows how to move and knows how to do the right things on offense and the team. You know, like we said, we talked about it plenty during that uh, series that they know what they were doing. So, again, I mean, Frank was at a disadvantage on a lot of fronts, right, in that matchup. And But I do think that's going to be an issue with him. I just don't know how much quicker he's going to be able to get and these yeah. stretch fours that are going out there, sometimes sometimes they're going to be you know threes really that are going out there playing the four position. That's going to be an issue for him probably moving forward and for you know the foreseeable future because his lateral foot speed right is just you know you can only do so much to get yourself quicker. Now the good news is we've talked about it before. Steve Clifford is there and he knows what to teach these guys and how to get them to play defense the way he wants to play that's effective for the team. So that's why I'm not. As concerned, I mean, I'm just not looking for Frank to be that lockdown defender. I think he's going to struggle at times, regardless of the jumps that he makes uh, in his defensive game. So it's good that he recognizes it for sure. And like I said, Clifford is going to be able to help him a lot with that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, the playoffs is obviously a big spotlight. And that's probably what he's focusing on, right? I mean, that was the last time they were out there. Yeah. And it was a struggle for him at times. I think you're right, David. He's never going to be a lockdown defender, but he can be a cerebral defender. And I think mm-hmm. that's what he's going to have to work on because in that playoff series, he was he was borderline unplayable because of of the lack of athleticism on defense and and what Lawal Ding and they were putting you know Justice Winslow out there at the four for ultra small lineups and it was killing That's Frank no and and so but he had to play because of yep. some some lineup issues so you know you just have to hope that Frank can get to that level where he and honestly it sounds strange to say but if he develops that off if he continues to develop his to develop his offensive versatility and he can make an impact on the offensive end of the floor then you just you start to concentrate on those defensive issues less. Uh, Frank, mm-hmm. you mentioned consistency. Frank also said, my preparation obviously needs to get better. I so want to be a more consistent player. I'd have a good game and then disappear in the next. And certainly, David, we saw that. And, and it's good that he's recognizing that, though. Absolutely. Um, and I think you've seen a couple of the season recaps that have come out on Frank, if you go find them. Around the internet, um, hardwood. Paro- How do you say this though? Paroxysm. Parox- paroxysm. There we go. Uh, FIBA, did a good sophomore FIBA. crush. Yeah. <laughs> On Frank, and I think you know he actually had a pretty solid rookie year. Um, if you go back and look at it, nothing that popped out, and I think he's right that he would have a good game, then he would disappear. He'd have a, a bad game, then he would bounce back. So consistency is something that we point out all the time for guys who want to stick and stay in the NBA and really find their niche. I mean, consistency is the main thing. And I think another thing he mentioned in that, Doug, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. He wants to pattern his his game and his work effort after Marvin Williams, which if you're going to choose a guy that's on this roster right now, especially for Frank, that's the best choice you could make. So that was encouraging to hear as well. Well, I want to read the full quote because I actually have a thought about this. So uh, Bunnell writes in the article that Frank is transitioning from a college center to an NBA power forward and uh, quotes Kaminsky in the article as saying, quote, Marvin is one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. So, of course, I model myself after Marvin. But I want to pump the brakes here. 
Because I don't think, I did not read anywhere in that article where he said he modeled his game after Marvin Williams. I think he 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 would be wise right, okay. to to model his his work ethic and work his, his yeah. mentality. Yeah. And, and again, we go back to that cerebral aspect of the game that we saw Marvin Williams be so good at and compensate for, because Marvin had to compensate for his size issues. And mm-hmm. Frank has to do the opposite. And I, I don't know if Frank would be wise to necessarily model his game after Marvin Williams because it would take away some of the the advantages that you get when you have a seven foot power forward with his size, speed, and agility. So, you know, and we yeah. hear we hear stories now about how he's getting stronger, and I'd like to see that continue because you, I mean, Honestly, I mean, I, he, I know the article says transitioning to a power forward, but but I think ultimately I still see Frank as a as a, a center in the future, not next season, but in the future. Yeah, I mean, what does that even mean uh, in the future of the NBA? You know what I mean? Well, they're all going to be, you know, they're all going to be on hoverboards and playing slam ball, <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, I just see him as a. An out if he could bulk up, and this is a big if. Yeah. But if he can bulk up, yeah. I would like to see him turn into an Al Horford type of center. Horford could stretch the floor, wasn't necessarily consistent from the three point range, which we saw Frank Kaminsky go in and out with his ability to shoot the three. But Al Horford could pass. He could hit the he could hit the mid range jumper, and, and he could work inside. And he had that same size, speed, and agility. That I mean, honestly, Frank is more agile than Al Horford. But yeah. if Frank could bulk up, I, I would love to see him turn into that guy. Yeah, you know, and then you you know, it's all a balance, right? You don't want to lose whatever quickness or whatever athleticism he does have, but he certainly has to get stronger. I mean, that's been said from from draft night. I think he can take certain things from Marvin's game. I mean, look at the rebounding that Marvin was able to provide last year. That's something Frank can certainly learn from. You know, body position and how he's going after those rebounds. But you're right. I mean, they're different players. Work ethic and habits, I think, is the biggest thing that he could take from Marvin, who has really learned how to stick in the league, had his best year at, what, year 11 or 12 last year? So that's good to hear. And it's also good to hear that he recognizes this stuff and he's working on it. You see these videos uh, online and on Twitter of him working out in the weight room, rehabbing a little bit from from that issue he had with, uh, with the air bubble in his chest. But I, I think it's a good sign that he – knows what he needs to work on because he's going to have the people around him with his coaching staff to work on those things. He looked at times timid last season. And I think that's why you did natural, sure. But, you know, you compare that to Carl Anthony Towns and Christoph Porzingis and the rookies that we talk about, and they all had one thing in common. They were not timid. They were not afraid to take a chance and make a highlight play. I thought Frank Kaminsky played conservatively last season, tried to find his place within. And you have to understand, he was on a team that was poised to make the playoffs. So he was trying to find his way and not necessarily trying to make a highlight reel. And, but as he moves forward, you know he's going to have to take those chances. He's going to have to take those steps, and, and it will be – that it, it will be one of the more fascinating storylines because look he he almost played or he did I think he played 20 21 minutes a game last season yeah so yeah. you know he had a significant role on that team year two that doesn't look to to let up so he's going to have the opportunity we'll keep an eye on Frank and well I'll tell you one thing that Frank David does not need Marvin's help on at all that's how to Twitter 
He knows how to tweet it up. And and he knows how to do one thing specifically on Twitter that we've profiled many times, and we'll profile again right now. Frank Kaminsky knows how to ask questions on Twitter. All right, here we go. Frank Kaminsky asking questions on Twitter. This was tweeted nine hours ago. This is a fresh, a fresh, piping hot tweet, David. <laughs> here we go. Frank Kaminsky asking questions on Twitter. Do boring people know that they are boring? There we go. That's Frank Kaminsky asking questions on Twitter. He keeps wow. doing it. it. This is a trick. I started it as kind of a so just a little thing that I noticed, but it is it has continued strong. I always have fuel for a Frank Kaminsky ask questions on Twitter. My, I'll tell you one of the ultimate goals for this show, David. I would love to get Frank Kaminsky on this show in this studio in this beautiful studio that we've set up, and and do a segment with him live asking questions. That would I would. See, I'm getting I'm getting emotional thinking about it. That's a that's an ultimate well, the, goal for this show. Yeah, and the last quote in this Rick Bunnell article from Frank is, "I don't like people to understand what I'm doing. It's boring. <laughs> people know what to expect." So I say keep that going, Frank. I say keep it going. I love it. Okay, let's end the show talking uh, finally one last time about the Olympics. I just want to know, kind of informally, we haven't really talked about this, but just what did we learn? from the Olympics, be it basketball or or otherwise. David, just give me just give me something, throw something out that you learned from the Olympics in Rio twenty sixteen. Well I learned that chemistry is great, but talent is better. And I think I already knew that, Doug, but we saw that play out a little bit and how the team USA fared early on um, and some of the teams that have been playing together just played better basketball, played better team basketball together than did Team USA. And in the end, they just couldn't match guys like DeAndre Jordan, especially with a guy who I just looked out there and said, no, that's a guy no one else can throw out there. This guy who can just attack the rim and fly all over the place. And he was a difference maker in those knockout games. So not exactly groundbreaking news there, Doug, but you look back a week ago and there was a lot of worry coming from a lot of different areas that this team you know, might squeak to the or, or, uh, or limp to the finish line, rather, if they got there at all. So... That was the big takeaway for me. Did you have anything other than the differences in the ball? And I'll tell you what, I do like the shot clock, how it does not um, get a full reset. That, that's kind of fun. I'll tell you, one thing I learned is that if you if the NBA ever decided to slightly reduce the size of the ball and move the three-point line in, that Carmelo Anthony would be a three-time MVP and champion. Okay, we need a clarification on this, Doug, because I did some research on my end. I think the I don't know. Is the, are you sure the ball is a different size, or is it just lighter with more panels? Because I saw varying reports. I the reports that I saw the saw my my sources my sauces <laughs> told me that the ball is slight and maybe smaller and lighter are interchangeable terms. Maybe it's a uh, Portuguese. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe it was I a was misinterpretation of Portuguese. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, but, if anyone out there, you see this mentioned, you know, at us, tweet at us. Most I've been, I, I I've been it, known it was, to be wrong about small facts. <laughs> well, it's definitely lighter. So I mean, it's different. We'll just say right? that yes. it's different. And okay. anyway, but Carmelo Anthony played very well, and it makes you wonder: had he taken the opportunity the last time he was in free agency to join up with the Chicago Bulls instead of returning to the Knicks, it wouldn't have been necessarily like a super team like a Miami, but they could have yeah. developed into one. And 538 did a great write-up on this if, if you have a chance to go look at it. 
but uh, Carmelo Anthony and his decision, his the the spoils at the Olympics versus his time with the Knicks, and they look at some different things. It's very interesting. But I'm sure that was nice for him to come back off of winning the gold medal and then say, "Hey, look how your life could have been different." <laughs> right. Hey, buddy. I mean, I think. Hey, man, look what you could have done if you had just done this other thing. I think it's you know it's tough to nice take. gold medal though. Yeah, nice gold medal. A couple of them. It's tough to do the direct correlation though, right? I mean, you can do it in some instances, and certainly he's thrived in that scenario but we've looked at it all week how different a guy like Batum played in that situation so it's fun to look at I think but it's, it would drive you crazy I mean I hope he's not thinking about that what non-basketball thing did you learn from the Olympics non-basketball thing I learned that Brazil values volleyball just below soccer I mean they love that sport and they went crazy when uh the beach, the men's beach volleyball won the gold medal. I happened to be up watching that match, and they pour a lot of money into that sport, and they were happy about winning it. The the, I'm going to get this terminology all wrong, but the striker for Brazil was a monster. He was huge. He was. They said he was the same size and build as LeBron James. He was two sixty six, whatever. He was a monster. Yeah, so, he looked. He looked. So he towered be, over everyone. In my terminology, that would be the big guy, right? Oh yeah. The big dude. Big guy or little guy, yeah. <laughs> well, it was crazy because the, the the Italian team they were playing, the little guy, who I call the little guy, uh, like reminded, reminded me of reminded me of, uh, of Ricky Rubio, but he looked he looked like he was about six foot, right? Because he's standing out there on the beach with these two other guys, and they're like, he's six five. I mean, the guy, it, it, was, it was crazy. Those guys are some real athletes. It, it is really insane. All right, here's what I learned. I just learned this recently, that Ryan Lochte has had – past tense a a mattress sponsorship now no longer has it because of all of the controversy i just i want to see that he was one of their he was one of their pitch men and i just i i I won't i don't even remember the name of the company i just remember that he now past tense had a spot did i tell you i i i kind of hung out with ryan lochte one time you know he was in charlotte training and he he was in my Mm -hmm. my apartment complex uh and yeah, I, I I I met him. I didn't know who he was. I, I I'm not a I'm not a huge Olympics fan, and I, I this was you know, several years ago. And well, the speedo should have been a giveaway. For <laughs> yeah, just standing. It was like uh, December and the swim cat. That, that's not something you see every day, right? Anyway, um, but I, I ended up I played him in a game of Madden, and, and with his mm. friends, and and I and I beat him uh, pretty badly. And this is completely true, and and his friends kind of looked at me like, "What? What did you just do? Like, what? What did you just do?" And I realized then I'm a bad. I would be a bad kind of lackey, like a a bad a bad celebrity friend. You'd be a bad turtle. A bad, you know, I would. I can't I, because I I can't. My ego gets in the way. I can't. I can't lose a game of Madden on purpose. And he picked the Jets. And anyway. I just he said he picked the wrong team, and I totally agree with that. But I also played playing, a very man? good game of that. I was playing as the playing, Panthers. Man? I'm a I'm a I'm a homer. I'm a hometown guy. Oh, uh, Cam Cam Newton ran wild day. on Lochte. Let me tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I commend you for that. You have to take look Madden. Look, you put everything else to the side when you're when you're mono mono in a game of Madden. That's right. You may have several 
medals from an yeah, international many, many competition, Mr. Lockie. But you will never take that game of Madden 15 away from me. Now put your sweatpants on and get out of here. <laughs> All right. I guess we're going to get out of here, too. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time out to listen. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, if you don't mind, give us a five-star review. Tell us what you think of the show and help hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. And we want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. And, of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're back again later this week talking more Hornets news and analysis, getting you ready for training camp. It's coming up quicker than you think. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Go Team USA. Let's swarm Charlotte. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17